Episode 6, Walking with Marlin, Part 2. Camino Man continues walking with Marlin from Norway, across Galicia, en route for Santiago. Day 29, Montenegro to Vilalba, 38 kilometres. In the morning, Evie wasn't happy. Okay, which one of you was snoring last night? It wasn't me and it had to be either you or you. It seemed that Evie hadn't come across someone snoring at, at night in a dormitory before. Welcome to my world, Evie. Marlene and I looked at each other, grabbed our packs and hit the road. We decided to take the new official route. Evie was walking the old route. In the end, we actually took the old route as I got the signs mixed up heading out of town. And we were glad we did, as the old route, although it was a little longer and a little steeper in parts, was much more enjoyable than the new route. Much prettier, quieter, and with no forestry work. We found this out because later we bumped into a young American woman whom we recognised from, from Mondonado when we stopped for breakfast in Gontan. She had walked via the new way and said it was a mix of wind turbines and roads along the opposite ridgeline. We thought about walking together, but as she already had a fantastic rural albergue booked in Asperedes, just further on, we forged ahead as we were trying to make up some time and get to Velalva, where we bumped into Evie. Hello! She had left Mondonado and meandered along the old route, stopping at an artisan, checking out the artworks and sharing a vegan lunch, all prepared from homegrown vegetables, and continuing on walking, checking into the same albergue as us, the albergue turistico Castellos. We sort of shared dinner together that night. Did we, Steve? I think we did, Marlon. Well, you and I went shopping and came back to the albergue and cooked something, and Evie was just sort of around the general area. Day 30, Velalba to Alagoa, 32 kilometres. The walking had become easier, the landscape was flatter, and we were walking 30-kilometre days, and... Marlene and I cracked the 100-kilometre-to-go mark and we bumped into Evie again. Hello, Stevie, with your funny red nose. Hello, Evie. Want some watermelon? Evie must have left before us or caught up when we stopped at a bar for something to eat. She was walking with a woman from the Netherlands that she had met somewhere, so we stopped and chatted but moved on. The way wandered along country roads through forests and farms and we, or should I say me... Took the wrong turn, so entrancing was the countryside. It was early summer and fields of lush new growth surrounded us as we walked. We reached our destination in Alagoa only to find that although Evie had said to Marlon she would stay there and had booked for the three of us to stay there, she had rung ahead and cancelled the booking. It was okay. Marlon and I were there early enough such that we got to pick our beds. Now, these guys in Alagoa had a great setup on a corner block. The old bar in the old building at the front where you could also buy dinner, separated from the albergue at the back by a flourishing green lawn. And in between, a separate building housed the common room with a kitchen and a little shop. Marlene and I decided to cook that night and purchased pasta, pasta sauce and some bread as well as food for the road. I picked up a bottle of Rioja wine for dinner but the owner said to put it back. It is expensive. Grab a bottle from the bottom shelf. It's uh, cheaper. It was one euro. How much was the other bottle? 
four euro. Hey, Steve, was it happy hour? No, but if I bought two bottles, it would have been a very happy hour. Uh, Sorry, that was my New Zealand friend Paul on Instagram. He was raised in Australia and lives in Scotland now, and I was visiting him and his family later. And it was somewhere on the walk that day that Marlene revealed to me another shock. She had had an abortion recently. Again, I didn't know what to say or do. I'd never experienced this in my life. And why had she chosen to tell me? It wasn't about me. It was about sharing a heavy burden to lighten it. And I was deeply moved that she had trusted me enough to share this with me. So I said that to her. I tried to hold on to her, not in a, as in a hug, but in what she had just shared with me, that it was okay. You can tell me anything and it would be okay. We didn't talk about it. We carried it for a while, just like our backpacks. I thought she would tell me more or she would like to tell me more. Sometimes I think you just need to walk with someone and listen and hold that person in your thoughts very carefully. And the Camino was good for that. Day 31, Alagoa, Tararusa, 50 kilometres. Today was a, a big day. Marlin and I hinted several times as we walked that she was going to walk to Arusa. This was 50 kilometres away. 50 kilometres. Marlin needed to arrive in Santiago by the next day. She had accommodation booked, she was meeting a friend and she was booked to fly home within two days. We started walking at about eight in the morning. It was easy going. We were either on country roads or dirt tracks, scooped out of the earth and shaded by embankments and short trees. But it was warm. In Australia, when it gets warm, when it's over 30 degrees Celsius, you can feel that sting in your skin from the bright sunlight. Not so in the Northern Hemisphere. I guess that's why we have so many cases of skin cancer. Marlene and I stopped for a drink when we reached a small town and then we stopped again for lunch at Sobrado Dos Monches. It's a town with a famous large old monastery, the Monasterio de Santa Maria de Sobrado, that is being restored with EU funding. It dominates the local town. And I thought about going in as we sat at the bar of a local restaurant. Lunch was beer, tapas and Voltaren that day. Not bad. But as I sat and quickly ate whatever tapas they brought out to the bar... The staff didn't seem to mind. In fact, they, they asked Marlene what we wanted. I decided that I would walk with Marlene. I had thought about visiting the monastery and even staying there that night, but I didn't want Marlene to walk by herself. After all, we'd been walking for some distance already and Santiago wasn't that far. Sort of. We walked on to Boimorto, where there was an albergue de peregrinos. We stopped for something to drink at a local bar. But Marlene was determined, no matter how much her knees hurt, to get to Arusa, and I became more determined not to let her walk on her own. She was slow throughout the day, such that I would get ahead of her before I knew it and have to wait sometimes for her to catch up. She was okay. She had her music and was in the zone. And that's how we continued as we walked the old route to Arusua, slowly, steadily, and noting the changes the closer we got to Arusa. There was something tangible in the air, a sense of 
we were leaving our little walk from village to village and not so many people to entering something much bigger, something different. And a block away from the main street in Arusa, you could feel it. We walked into town at about 8.30 that evening. We had made it. We grabbed a bed at the Albergue de Peregrinos, quickly showered and hobbled to an Italian restaurant for a fantastic pizza with this, with this amazing bluish-grey dough and wine. After a long, very long day, some 12 hours, we had finally made it to where the Camino del Norte joins the Camino Frances and to where everything changed. I say everything, but it was just that the Del Norte and the Francis are two very different Caminos, two very different ways. And the Francis was by far, by far, the most popular. Day 32, Arusa to Santiago de Compostela, 38 kilometres. This was the last day of Marlin and I walking together. Again, it would be slow and again there would be surprises. Immediately as we started walking, you could see many more pilgrims in front of you, behind you, and stopped at little cafes and bars in the first 10 kilometres outside of Arusa. The dry landscape of fields and farms of the day before gave way to forests and easy dirt tracks and markers graffitied with good intentions from those who had gone before. I understood the good wishes, but not the graffiti, and it got a bit tiresome. I hadn't seen much on the Del Norte, but it was a feature of this section of the Frances. Marlene and I stopped for breakfast at a cafe. We ordered coffee and some tortilla española. We grabbed a table outside and I went inside to the bathroom. And when I returned, I recognised someone who had just arrived. In all the bars in all the world. Steve! It was Michael, or Michelle, from Canada. We laughed and embraced each other and, and caught up. I introduced Marlin and we joined Michael and his walking companions, Dirk from Holland and Anna from Germany. Who would, who, who would have thought that on the last day walking the Camino del Norte, I would meet the same man I met on my first day of walking? And as we walked and talked, Michael ticked over on walking 1,000 kilometres from where he started in France. He told me about his Camino of stopping somewhere to do a yoga class and of meeting a woman who walked with him and formed a friendship with him like Daniel Violette and Marlin had formed with me. You share so much on the Camino. We stopped again at the 15 kilometres to go bar for beers. I had a grande draft beer and then a little further on, Michael, Turk and Anna stopped for the night at a hotel about 12 kilometres from Santiago. Marlin and I kept going. Further on, we stopped on the side of the road to rest and eat something. There was no one else walking. We got moving again and walked past the camping grounds and I'm sure there were pilgrims sitting outside resting, looking at us and thinking, what are they doing? We started our descent into Santiago from Monte del Gozo and the effort of walking 50 kilometres the day before started to get to me. I was tired. My legs were weary and Marlene and I were both walking slowly. We entered the newer outskirts of Santiago and I sort of expected the cathedral to be there, right there when we got into town, but no, it was a little bit further. A bit further to walk, a bit further past albergues and cafes and other places where we could stop, just like other pilgrims. 
We hadn't even got to the older part of town, but in a block it changed and the road and the footpath were careful combinations of large stones and I thought, we must be getting there soon. Is that the cathedral? No, it's a bit further. There's a tourist information centre up that slope. There are no cars, just people. There's a church. Is that the cathedral? No. We were into the older part of town now with its stone buildings. The streets were laneways connecting plazas and, as always, there were the arrows guiding us to our final destination. Is that the... No. What are these buildings? Surely that must be it. We must be at the side of the cathedral. We came to a set of steps in a covered cloister where Marlin had to walk slowly sideways down the steps. And there was a guy playing bagpipes. And then to our left, the way opened out into a large plaza. And on the left of that plaza was the cathedral. Santiago de Compostela. We were finally here. Here. It was late. I don't know. Six o'clock, maybe? We walked into the centre of the plaza and faced the cathedral. We seemed to be the only people in the square with backpacks on. Everyone else looked fresh and relaxed and happy. We looked weary and tired and emotional. Oh, I was emotional started to cry. <laughs> Marlene was emotional. I think she started to cry. A phone was ringing somewhere. It was, it was her phone. It was her father. She did cry as she spoke to him. I just stood there and swallowed my tears. I had done it. I had got there. It was a relief. It was... I didn't know what it was. Why was I crying? Why was I emotional? I didn't know. It was just the church. There was so much more to me. Violette and I exchanged messages. Ah, oh, what a big milestone. Thank you, Steve, for sharing your emotions with me. Have a wonderful time celebrating this arrival. Realising the immense number of pilgrims who have walked for days and days, who shared big joys and got big pains to reach that so particular place. Congrats, Steve, for your conviction, your patience, and all the joy you shared with the very nice people you met. Thank you for having made my small holidays a great experience. Keep your beautiful mind. Your fun, humour and your very nice shared joy. Oh, thank you for spreading so many happy vibes around you. Marlene and I hugged, took some photos and found a bar to have a beer. But we, we couldn't sit, sit still. We walked around the cathedral. The main entrance was closed due to the renovations taking place. So we walked around to the side entrance where you could go in. And just to the side of it there was a place where you could sit. And just there was where we met Jesus. Jesus was sitting there on the phone talking to his dad and having a beer. He was telling his father that he was having a beer sitting where they had had a beer when they walked the Camino together. We sat together. I had told Marlon about Jesus, but she had never met him. As he finished his call, Jesus offered us a beer and we accepted. 
I finally found out that his name was Thais, and he was a postgraduate student who had written his dissertation about the sense of community created by the people on the Camino. He was Dutch, studying at Leiden, but from Maastricht. Marlin was studying through the University of Maastricht, but located in Prague. What? We said our goodbyes to Thais. He was going to find somewhere to stay. I walked with Marlin to the post office so she could pick up a package that she had mailed to herself earlier in a journey. And we wandered down to the Peregrino Centre and thought about getting a certificate showing we had walked the Camino. The line was long. And then Marlin and I said our goodbye. We hugged. She was booked into a hotel and I had to find somewhere to stay. We went our separate ways, but agreed to stay in touch. I wandered around for a little while, found something to eat at a bar, and then saw an albergue. Appropriately, it was called The Last Stamp. It was in the old part of town and cost a bit more, but I wasn't walking any further that 